Welcome to Networks for Training and Development's Employment for All podcast. I am your host, Joe Murphy. This podcast is dedicated to real work and real pay for all citizens. Hi, welcome. Welcome to the Employment for All podcast. My name is Joe Murphy with Networks for Training and Development, and I'm joined today by Arthur Art Ashton. You said Art, right? That's right. <laughs> hey, um, Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Um, it's, I've, been, I've been looking forward to having this conversation and talking. We talked a little briefly a couple weeks ago, um, but I'd like you to be able to share a little bit who you are um, and, and some of your story and it'd be kind of cool to get it out there a little bigger. So who are you? So I am Arthur Aston. Um, you know, people do call me Art. I don't mind at all. Uh, it, it was one of those things where I was, uh, I mentioned to you before, when I was growing up, my dad was also Arthur, but he was known as Art to our friends and family. And I was Arthur, or little Arthur. And, um, you know, but as I got older, more people started calling me Art. So, you know, that's perfectly fine. Uh, I was born in 1981 with a birth defect called spina bifida. And um, it impacted my ability to walk. So I use, uh, I wear leg braces that come up to my thighs and uh, crutches to walk. Um, I'm able to walk for short distances, but after a while it gets a little tiring for me because I have to use my core muscles in my stomach area to move my legs since my leg muscles don't work. But I also have to breathe from there as well. So <laughs> when I walk long distances, I, I get out of breath easily. So I, um, use a wheelchair as well. So, you know, you may, on any given day, you might see me walking or, uh, you know, in my wheelchair. But I, um, <clears throat> so for uh, all of my life, I've had this uh, disability. And more recently, in the last 10 years, I have um, taken on the mission and um, a vision of mine to raise awareness about disabilities, not just spina bifida, but all disabilities and more importantly, to change the tone of conversation uh, regarding people who have disabilities. Uh, I often say, you know, uh, for somebody like me, you would hear, oh, uh, he has spina bifida, but he can't walk, uh, or he has trouble walking. They talk about the negative things. So I um, created Our View, which is a disability awareness company to help change the tone of conversation um, about disabilities. I want people to see the positives. So uh, for myself, in addition to having spina bifida, uh, you know, I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm an uncle, I'm a friend. So, um, you know, I also have a master's degree in psychology, uh, which was uh, another passion of mine because of my disability. I wanted to be able to help uh, others and families who are impacted by disabilities. That's why I majored in psychology. Um, <clears throat> so I, I, you know, I just really uh, appreciate this opportunity to be able to tell my story and uh, share it with your audience and, uh, you know, connect with you all there. <laughs> so how's our view um, leading to that vision of, of share, sharing the positives of a person's life and sharing the abilities of, of who a person is? So I really... Uh, 10 years ago when I started, it was because of my nephew who, he understood my disability. He had known me, he was eight or nine years old at the time. He had known me all his life. So seeing the crutches or the wheelchair wasn't a big deal to him. 
he was impacted by it because people at his kids at his school were looking at me one day when I picked him up. So um, he was really hurt by that and he didn't understand, well, why are they staring at you? So um, I had to explain to him that those kids may not know somebody who has spina bifida and they may not have ever seen a wheelchair or crutches before. So it's something different. Uh, so back then, 10 years ago, um, I started by sharing my story specifically with students because, uh, <clears throat> you know, if, if they don't see someone who has crutches, they won't know what they're for. They don't know why a person or the multiple reasons why a person might have them. So I um, started sharing my story with uh, kids in the local area. I live in South Jersey, so I would go to schools and my friends who were teachers, they would uh, figure out how to incorporate my story into their lesson plans. Uh, you know, an English teacher, a friend of mine who's an English teacher, she incorporated um, the book Jackie's Nine about Jackie Robinson, uh, Courage and Determination. She had the students read those two chapters and then she had me come in maybe a week later or so. And they're eighth grade students and you could see uh, their reaction when I came in to tell my story and some of them said, hey, you know, you, you show a lot of courage and determination. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that book we read, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. So, um, and, and more recently now, I've uh, started my own podcast to share the story of others. So, um, you know, that, that's how I'm, I'm helping to change the tone of conversation because uh, people with disabilities are still underrepresented in um, on TV, uh, in the movies, um, in music, uh, you don't, you don't hear their stories of, uh, their, their disabilities. You, you know, you're familiar with a few, uh, famous people, Marley Matlin, who is, uh, hearing impaired, Stevie Wonder, who's vision impaired, uh, Ray Charles, but you, you don't hear or, or see many people, uh, discussing their disabilities on a, large, a larger scale, larger platform on TV and in film and music. <clears throat> so, um, when you own the schools, how, how have you made these connections? I know you've talked about you have the, your one friend who was a teacher who brought you in and incorporated into that lesson with, with Jackie Robinson. So how else have you uh, brought your vision to the schools? That has been the primary way that I'm able to get into the schools through a connection through a teacher or an administrator who I know. Um, that's and, and then it's so interesting because once once I get into the school, it's like, oh well, we need you to come back. <laughs> you know, there's one school that uh, this coming October would have been, I think, the seventh year that I've been going to talk to their sixth grade students. Uh, just because they have such a great reaction to, you know, to my story and being able to, to be close and um, up close and personal with someone who has a disability, because you might see someone walking in a store or, you know, at, at, um, at a park somewhere, but you don't get a chance to ask those questions. Uh, so thankfully, uh, I do have a lot of friends who are teachers <laughs> that were able to uh, get me in for, uh, you know, to speak to their class for, for different reasons. I've been to um, one local district had me in for a science day where uh, science different, day. yes, for science day. So the different grade levels had different presenters. So 
I forget what, what grades they were, but just for an example, you know, third grade may have had uh, someone come talk about animals. Um, somebody else was coming to do like science experiments with, um, you know, peroxide and the whole, how, how it fizzes up. And, and they had me come in to talk about how my disability impacts my, uh, the systems of my body. So how it impacts my nervous system and my digestive system, my circulatory system. Um, so it's really, and I had never thought about that. Of course it impacts all of those systems, but I never thought that, you know, I could talk to, I think there were fourth or fifth graders about it and they actually understood because they knew, you know, they, they know what the neurons and, and things are and, and what the spinal cord's purpose is and, you know, what the stomach does and the esophagus. So <laughs> I was able to use those terms and they knew what they were. So it was really, uh, you know, that, that was one of the, one of my favorite ones that I would do, uh, you know, just to talk about it because they, they could really relate and make it a real, a real thing. <laughs> wow. That, 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 yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. And I, I wish I knew who that teacher was too, because to even think in that, in those terms and, and to give his or her students that that experience of a real life example, and you be able, to, and you be able to go and show it. Holy smokes! Wow. Yeah, yeah, that was that was one of the things, and I had never done it before. And they asked me about it. Do you think you can pull it off? I said, I'm not sure how I'm going to pull it off, but I'm up for it. <laughs> I have a few months to prepare. Let's make it happen. <laughs> so we really. Um, you know, we really pulled it off and I was able to, uh, you know, really relate. And it, <clears throat> it really was something for me too, because I've lived with this all of my life and this was a few years ago. So, you know, I'll say I was, I was in my thirties. So for 30 years, I knew this impacted for say my, um, my digestive system, but I never was really able to mm -hmm. talk about it in such a way where it was like, Oh, so that's what happened. So it was really educational for myself too. <laughs> you know, to talk about, you know, my stomach gets upset because it's, things are not absorbed as they should be. And, you know, so it was really, uh, it was educational for them and, and for me as well to learn uh, about myself in, in a different kind of way. <laughs> wow. That's so good. That's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so when you and I talked a couple of weeks back, I asked you this one question that I'm, I had to at least ask for this podcast. What is the best question you've ever gotten from a student when you went into uh one of these seminars? Oh, yes. That's my favorite question. <laughs> so uh, it was a sixth grade student and the uh, question, so because of my disability, because of my spina bifida, uh, it impacted my leg, my leg muscles and my sensation in my legs. So I can feel to my knees as I get to my knees and below my knees, I lose all sensation. I can't feel below um, after I get past my knees, I can't feel anything. Uh, so the student asked, well, what if you were in lava? Would you be able to feel it burning? So <laughs> it's still, it's still my all time favorite question. <laughs> so my response to him was, let me know a real life situation where I would be around lava. <laughs> And, you know, and then we can talk. And he said, well, you know, you, you might be. And then he thought about it and he said, well, yeah, you probably wouldn't be around lava. I said, no. And I know, and I know lava is hot just because, you know, that's what we, we learn about that. Lava is hot. So I wouldn't purposely be around lava and have my foot in lava. 
so it, it's it's interesting when you uh you know when I say something about uh not being able to feel my feet and some you know especially children they don't have a concept of what like what is that what do you mean you can't feel anything in your feet <laughs> you can't feel it um because they have it's hard for them to think of to be without that sensation um you know, so I, I understood his question for sure, but it was still, it was very funny. <laughs> so for those listening to the podcast, we're at the end of August in 2020. So we're in the midst of COVID-19 and the pandemic and most schools in our region are not going back full-time in person. Most are doing hybrid or virtual or hybrid, some in person, some in um, online, but I think the majority are doing online. Um, do you have any plans for this upcoming school year to do any of your presentations? I don't yet. I had two presentations in one school district. Uh, two different schools uh, had scheduled me to come in for April and May of the previous school year, but that's when uh, COVID-19 had hit and every school in New Jersey um, had shut down and went virtual. So um, I'm trying to give them time to figure out exactly what they're all doing um, before I reach out to them. But I would, I would love and would be more than willing to, um, you know, meet with them virtually if I could create some type of video, uh, you know, just to tell my story and then uh, possibly do, uh, you know, a Zoom or a Google Hangout, whichever program they use. Uh, you know, to meet with the class where the class could actually ask questions, um, you know, in a live type of setting, uh, you know, for, for a few minutes, a half hour, 45 minutes. I would love to figure out how, how to make that happen. But uh, being that I do know a lot of teachers, I know that they are uh, <laughs> in the midst of figuring all that out right now. So, you know, I, I think I, me personally, I would most likely put that on hold for the fall and you know, try to get in sometime after their uh, holiday break after the first of the year. Yeah, I was curious if you joined them by Zoom and then maybe at the end of the year, hopefully if things go better, schools yes. open back up and then join them in person. If how yeah. that would impact some students' vision of you and uh, views views of who you are as a person and like change them in some ways. Yeah, I would definitely. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, of course, I feel terrible about it because I remember, and I remember being in school and it's like, yeah, the summertime is fun, but then you do like getting back to seeing your friends and things. So I, it's really, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm sure it's very difficult for everyone with this new uh, situation with the pandemic going on. Um, but I'm really, you know, I'm open to any suggestions and any, um, any type of way that we can work this out because I, I think it would be good to see uh you know for to still get my story out there even if it is virtually and then like you said at a later date be able to come in and, and actually meet with the students and and talk to them in person so I'm you know I'm really I'm thinking of ideas but you know waiting of course like I said till at least they can <laughs> settle things and, and get things together <laughs> that, that's totally smart I, I I I understand um I work yeah. for our time in the school district and I see what's going on there right now. It's a little chaotic. We're school's supposed to start next week, I think, and they still don't know exactly what's going on. Um, yeah. Everything. 
So when we talked last, you also um, mentioned you're heavily involved um, in another organization. Yes. Yes. So um, my job, uh, my other job, <laughs> which I also love, is uh, I work as executive director of a nonprofit called Build Jake's Place. So we are a nonprofit organization in Pensacola, New Jersey, where we create inclusive play experiences. So we, uh, <clears throat> we design uh, inclusive playgrounds. So what that means is the playground is, our tagline is playgrounds for everybody of every ability. So no matter if you have a disability or not, you are able to get on these uh, Jake's Place playgrounds. So Jake's Place was started in memory of Jake Nasto. He was um, born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome and sadly passed away at the age of two and a half. And um, in his memory, his family was given a donation um, from friends of theirs who said, do something in his memory. And uh, they wanted to create, at the time, it was called Boundless Playgrounds. Um, <clears throat> so they wanted to create a boundless playground in his memory. And he, um, his, his family uh, created one playground. It took four years to raise the over $600,000 for this playground. <laughs> Um, and the playground opened in October of 2011 in Cherry Hill. And uh, we opened our second playground last summer, um, 2019. We opened in Delran, New Jersey. Um, uh, that playground was also over $600,000. So what, what makes the playgrounds, um, what adds to the cost of the playgrounds is that the surfacing on the playground is a non-latex uh, rubberized surfacing and what it is uh, so it's easy for wheelchairs and walkers and other assistive devices um, to to walk over and wheel over so uh, also our uh, playground structures have ramps so people in wheelchairs and walkers and crutches can get up and down all of the play structures the um, sliding boards are really they're, they're designed in such a way that it's easy for someone to transfer from a wheelchair onto the slide. So it's really, um, you know, everything is thought and done intentionally. So, and, but at the same time, because these playgrounds are becoming more popular, but they're not, um, you know, not, not every playground is designed like this. So that, that's why the cost is uh, remaining a bit high. So uh, we are working uh, with Jake's Place in the state of New Jersey to help change that. And actually it was um, in August of 2018, we had Jake's Law passed, which uh, will require every county in the state of New Jersey to have at least one inclusive playground. And the, um, before uh, COVID-19 took over everything, we were, working with uh, seven townships to build new playgrounds in the state of New Jersey. So we, um, you know, we're looking forward to getting back to that. Unfortunately, we also had to cancel our Miracle League uh, season in the spring, and we also canceled it for this upcoming fall season, uh, which is um, our Miracle League is a baseball league for children and adults who have uh, disabilities. The um, minimum age minimum age requirement is five years old, and you can be as old as you want to be to play. And every player is matched with a volunteer to um, help them with whatever they need: batting the ball, uh, running the bases, or you know, in the outfield getting the ball. And so, uh, 
you know, that's one of the things I'm, I'm really sad about to have to cancel the two seasons of that. Um, you know, we had to do it and, you know, but it wasn't, wasn't an easy decision to make, but there's no way that we can socially distance when, um, you know, when the player has to be matched with a volunteer to help them out. So it's not, uh, it's beyond our control and, and we're looking forward to getting back to it in the spring of 2021. <laughs> so where do you get funds for uh, Jake's Place? Uh, Jake's Place is funded by, uh, primarily by donations from, you know, from our fundraisers that we have. And that's another thing we had to put on hold. Uh, we had a, a fundraiser or two planned for the summer that we had to uh, postpone. And, um, you know, but we, we've had some um, I guess, uh, corporate support, you could say. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway has been very uh, supportive of us and they helped raise a large uh, portion of the, the money that we um, built, used to build the uh, second playground with in Del Ran. Uh, they held a gala for us for three years uh, that raised a, a lot of money. And um, also Holman uh, Automotive, they've uh, provided a lot of funds for us. And uh, our baseball league, our primary sponsor is the uh, Camden County Freeholders. They provide uh, our primary sponsorship for the Miracle League every year, which is uh, very helpful. But we, uh, for the baseball league, for instance, we sell banners to hang out on the outfield fence uh, for the, the year. And, um, you know, so we, we, that's how we uh, raise additional money, but primarily through our, um, through our fundraisers that we have and sponsorships that we get through, through those. That's how we raise our money. I'm looking forward to actually stopping over Cherry Hill. I'm right over the bridge in Philly, over to Taconi. Yes. I spent some time in Cherry Hill, so I'm looking forward to get over there to check out uh, the playground and see what it looks like. And yeah, definitely. Let me know. And Delran is, is uh, you know, not too far either. So let me know. We'll hit them, <laughs> hit yeah. them both up. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> um, if people want more information on, let's, on Jake's Place, where would they go? Uh, they can go to our website. It's www.buildjakesplace.org. Um, and through there, you can get to uh, our Miracle League website. And um, we're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Build Jake's Place, B-U-I-L-D-J-A-K-E-S-P-L-A-C-P. <laughs> and uh, for our view, we can uh, you can find my website, www dot o-u-r dash v-i-e-w dot com and um i'm also on all the social medias platforms <laughs> uh it's our view for life you can find me there <laughs> we'll make sure that our death those links are definitely in the um the notes the the, the yes session notes um for, for this session so you've also during this pandemic ventured into another uh realm to get your message out and to hear other people's messages, right? I think. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Are you referring to my podcast? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I did. Uh, I did start a podcast uh, in June of this year uh, just because I, I named the company Our View. So it's not just my view. It's our view. It's everybody's view. Uh, as a person, uh, as people who live with disabilities, we all have different, everybody has a challenge or, or more that they face in life. Um, and I just really want to get those stories out 
into the public. Uh, you know, we, we see a story in the news sometimes and then it just goes away. And, and um, you know, I, I always find myself wanting, wanting to know more about certain, uh, certain people you see on TV and, and uh, you know, in the news and stuff like that. So through the podcast, I, um, my first episode, I started telling my story, uh, which I told briefly here. And then uh, primarily I'm focusing on interviewing other people who have uh, disabilities, uh, through, you know, through birth, through accidents, through, um, you know, any, any way that they acquired their disability. Uh, I'm interested in, in telling their story and getting, uh, getting their story and their diagnosis and, and information about their diagnosis out to a, uh, a larger audience. <clears throat> so where can people find the RVU podcast? So the Our View podcast is on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify right now. So um, I think I'm four episodes in. I have another episode. I have episodes that come out every 15th and 30th of the month. So I, I, wanted, to, um, I wanted to make it manageable and realistic for myself. So I, I know I can get two episodes done <laughs> in a month. I didn't want to overwhelm myself by saying, you know, oh, I'll put it out once a week. Um, you know, so, uh, I, right now I'm, I'm doing the 15th and 30th of every month. So, uh, my, uh, most recent, uh, episode that I put out is, uh, with John Bramblett. He's a, uh, a blind visual artist. He's a painter and he's painted, um, airplanes and murals and all kinds of, <laughs> uh, great things. And, um, coming up, uh, my next episode yet to premiere is, uh, uh, with uh, Phil Kassan. He's a music producer, but he is a two-time brain cancer survivor that left him with uh, nerve damage and left him uh, partially paralyzed on his right side. And uh, he was, he's right-handed. So it's really, uh, yeah. So it's, it's really, uh, his story is, is great. And, um, you know, just to hear different, different perspectives and how people handle, uh, handle their diagnosis, how their family and friends handled the diagnosis and, um, you know, how they just get through everyday life, I think is really, um, really interesting to me because I, I hear a lot, a lot of people say to me, oh, you inspire me, you're inspiring and that kind of thing. But it's, uh, one of my episodes we talked about, you know, it's not inspiring that I'm at the grocery store because I have to eat just like everybody else, <laughs> you know, but it, it's, you know, but, but what it takes me to get to the grocery store some days might be inspiring. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it's really uh, interesting for, for me to hear other people's stories and to hear how similar uh, they are to, to my own story, even though we have different uh, diagnosis and different challenges. But it goes back to, I think the, you know, we are more alike than we are different uh, with, with everybody. <laughs> so I think that's, uh, I think that's what really helps with, um, you know, by sharing these stories through, through the podcast. Wow. Well said. We are more alike than we are different. I think that's a great way to come towards the end here. Um, Art, is there anything you want to say in closing? No, I just, um, I really, I'm, I'm really grateful uh, for this opportunity and for the work that you all are doing. It's, uh, it's really important because we're, we're all, you know, trying to help those, uh, 
people with disabilities and it's really um really important and necessary and i think the more that um podcasts and uh, opportunities like this are uh, available to people i think the more um the, the more helpful it is for others to understand that, you know, I have a disability, but I have to do things differently. But, uh, you know, I, I would like to work just like everybody else <laughs> would like to work. And, you know, I would like to, uh, you know, I, I'm a single, I'm a single man right now. I don't have a wife or kids or anything, but I would like to be able to support myself and, you know, do things with my family and friends and, and, you know, through employment and, and, uh, you know, other means like that. And, uh, you know, I have a car, so being able to have a, a nice car and, and uh, you know, live a, a decent life, I think is, is something that we all would like to do. And uh, so having, like I said, having an opportunity to share my story uh, like this and, and providing a platform like this, I think is very important and helpful. So uh, I really do appreciate it. Art Aston, thank you very much for joining us. Um, we will definitely link in the session notes to your podcast and however else we do that. Um, we are going to find out from our tech people um, how, how that's done. Um, yes. We're both a little new to this. Um, so, again, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing and listening to your podcast in the future. Oh, thank you very much. And I appreciate this so much. <laughs> thank you for listening. We hope the information we provided was useful. If it was, please subscribe to our podcast channel. You can find all information about Networks for Training Development at our website, www.networksfortraining.org.